0: Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Brought to you by Dext. Welcome to you, our listeners, wherever you are in the world. This is a brand new show that we've launched on behalf of the Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network. This is our Thursday show. We call it Best Practice in Accounting. What kind of things do we do, Martin, in the show?
1: Well, historically, we had a show called Here's What Works, and this was taken from our, com- our consulting past, Rob, where we looked at things that had actually worked in practices that we'd implemented and um, that we'd done more than once. And so it wasn't a fluke. And we decided to expand best practice um, as a show so that we could now start to talk about what we've seen work elsewhere that wasn't anything to do with us and what pr- stories we're being told where we've checked it out and it's actually real. And so what I'm going to do today, Rob, I'm going to share a story with you that I have not shared with you in private. So this is the first time you're hearing this, and let's come on in, because it's one thing that comes up an awful lot in the accounting world, and that is a way around partner politics. Now, if I can take you back, oh my goodness, 21 years, 21 years, if I can take you back to there, there was an eight-partner firm in the, let's call it southeast of England, guys, and those eight partners were made up of the following. One partner who wants to be very, very proactive, offer clients more added value, revamp how the practice looked, and seven other partners who violently disagreed <laughs> with, with him and wanted to, the status quo to remain. That's only going
0: one way, isn't it, surely? That's,
1: that's right. And the seven partners got their way. And the, the one go-ahead partner took the drastic step of quitting and actually setting up their own practice, which is still going to this day, by the way, some 20 years later. It's still going to this day. They have their own practice, doing what they wanted to do, but it caused a rift. It caused them to have to leave their place of employment. Okay, so what happens when you have got disagreements on the future direction of the practice, and you don't want to be quite as drastic as leaving? You've got some well, tips was, for us, haven't you? Yeah, I've got a story for you, an actual story for you. There's a situation that I'm aware of in a seven uh, a seven figure firm, not seven partner firm, seven figure firm again here in the UK, but in the Northwest this time, and one partner would very much like to do advisory work and the rest of them would not very much like to do advisory work and would very much like to remain compliance. And this wasn't at Um, I'm going to quit stage or or falling out levels.
0: Not quite a fork in the road yet.
1: Not quite a fork in the road yet, but heading in that direction. And just the early indications of passive aggressiveness amongst the parts. A little bit of unsettling, a little bit of anxiety perhaps. A little bit of pressure going, uh, well, I I do hope you'll still have as many recoverable hours as we do if you were to do this. (laughs) That sort of thing. Um, And so what they decided to do is they decided to have the best of both worlds. And they said, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to form a separate limited company that is a consulting company. And it's going to get its work from this client base. Okay, And so this firm's client base is going to give me, the partner, the work I need, to run my little consulting business on the side and in exchange for that because they divvy up their profit bonuses in certain ways you're going to have my compliance portfolio i'm going to give it all away i don't want to do compliance anymore so you can have it you can have it other partners and you can benefit from the money that comes from that and what i'll do in exchange is i'll have a separate limited company i'll still be a part of this practice but i'll be a separate limited company within this practice that uses the clients of this practice to yield the advisory work. So I am now the advisory or consultancy partner for this practice. And I'm the one who gets all the benefit from that. And would that partner still draw a dividend, Martin, from the, the main firm's revenue? It's it's a, basically a profit, a profit split. Okay. Okay. So basically they said every and I still want the team that I've got already to, to help me out carry out with the work, but most of the work will be on my shoulders. So you have all my compliance and I'll have all the advisory, and this firm will not benefit a penny from any advisory work that I sell, but I will take it from the clients of this firm. That's where I'll get my business from. And let's see who's making the most money at the end of the year. The game is on. Absolutely. The first time I've seen this happen. So I, I, I have seen corporate finance, limited companies been set up within practices and two or three of the partners gone towards running that. I've seen that before. I've seen it done um, with forensic accounting as well. I've seen that done, but I've never seen it done with consultancy and advisory before where a partner remains within the firm sets up their own limited company and takes 100% of the revenues, but takes all their business from the practice in exchange for giving them their compliance work. What was wonderful about it is that it placated all parties and gave everyone a win-win. The partners who wanted no part of consulting or advisory got extra compliance work or got to benefit from financially, extra compliance work. The partner who wanted to be a consultant didn't have to leave the firm and start all over again, could still use the practice resources to do so. And if they failed, took the risk of having... You know no upside but if they succeeded you know got the benefit of being perhaps the best paid partner on the board and it kept everyone together because from a marketing point of view it's still one practice and therefore obviously there are cross-sells upsells referral opportunities by both parties doing what they want to do and focusing on their retrospective on, on their respective skill sets that benefits each other so it's the first time i've ever seen that solution put together um to Make sure that all parties stay within the firm and nobody has to leave and start again, and so on. And so, I'm putting that forward as best practice in accounting for this week, Rob.
0: I love that. And when you make the business case for doing something like that, presumably there'll be a time scale on this. We run it for a year or two or five or whatever that would be to know whether it's succeeded or failed. And I also, thinking, Martin, of you hinted at it, the implications for a range of different additional service lines for accounting firms to have a champion. Not necessarily a partner, but somebody running those almost as a splinter, an outbreak of that firm, still under the heading and the brand, but to run that as a concern and say, can we make this work? And we'll do it under these uh, criteria.
1: Yeah, it it interests me that the other partners, the ones who were not interested in consultancy or advisory, were very happy. For the business to come from their from, from the firm's clients. They were quite happy for that. That's how much they didn't want it. They were quite happy for this partner to go and do their own thing within the umbrella of the practice. But
0: that keeps share of wallet within the firm, doesn't it? Because if those clients are going to get the compliance done, if they want other work done, you want to keep that under your brand.
1: The practice now has a solution, absolutely right, where, where the vast majority of the partners don't want to provide that solution. So they're almost outsourcing to their own people, as it were. That's not a contradiction in terms. But what it goes to show, is that there are solutions in partner politics situations. So whether you're fighting over staff or whether the tax department doesn't want to introduce that client to the audit department or vice versa because you don't like each other, whatever, there are solutions. If you're prepared to work on a win-win basis and be creative, you can find ways of carrying on working together as a practice, and yet those partners are pursuing their own preferred specialisms as a result.
0: I love that. It's got so many great things to take away from that. And then these days we've talked about the great resignation and the reassessment and recalibration of: Am I happy here? Am I doing the kind of work that I want? Is it interesting? Is it engaging me? Is it keeping my team involved? There are solutions that keep the whole team together.
1: Yep. For the part for the partners who don't want to be advisory based, they just got a bigger share of their compliance portfolio, and they didn't have to find a new partner, and they kept all their clients at the same time. Sounds like a win to me.
0: Yeah, that is best practice in accounting. Keep tuning in and keep getting nuggets like this. Take it back to your firm. See what you can make happen. And we'll see you on next week's show.
1: Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best
0: Practice in Accounting. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Leading the discussion on firms that are standing out, winning work, and becoming the top performers in the accounting of fintech world. Brought to you by Dext.